0: Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Paige Schrober. So Paige is a strength and conditioning coach at UCLA. Where she works with track and field, women's soccer, and beach volleyball. Next to that, she's also a qualified yoga instructor, which makes her the perfect person today to discuss how she can use yoga to improve athletic performance. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Paige onto the show. So, Paige, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you very much for joining us. So, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I started in like the strength conditioning world in my undergrad in kinesiology at Illinois. Um, knew I wanted to get into athletic performance, so stayed in a couple of internships at Illinois, Bradley University, Northwestern University. Um, Then I went to grad school as a graduate assistant in the University of Montana, um, earned my master's in exercise science, um, then started working as a full-time strength conditioning coach uh, at Texas State for two years. And now I'm at UCLA. Um, This is my third year here. Um, Also, like concurrent to all of that, I have a large interest in yoga, and so I'm a registered yoga teacher as well. And Um, did a little bit of research in my graduate years about how to integrate yoga to be the most beneficial for recovery for NCAA athletes. So have a little bit of, you know, a niche and a passion around that, um, to integrate that into my, um, training here at UCLA.
0: Fantastic. And that's what we're going to discuss today, of course. So before we get into all the depths and the the different things you can do there, can you give us a quick introduction to what yoga is and what are the different types that are available?
1: Um, it can be adaptable to anything that you want it to be, right? So there are different types of like formal yoga. Um, One of the most popular ones probably in the Western world is like Hatha yoga. Um, But you can also get into yin, restorative, you can also go into like, when you see classes at like core power and stuff, that's like a power yoga, like a cardiovascular yoga. Um, Now they have, you know, merging on like resistance training as well. So you can do yoga that has like Need dumbbells and stuff, but um, that's so many different types and so many different factors to manipulate uh, that can make yoga whatever experience that you are looking for. Um, so for me specifically, how I integrate it with my teams and how I've used it um, in my experience is for recovery. Um, so went through a lot of research, tried to dig into like what makes yoga good for recovery, how it can help athletes in recovery, and um, manipulated those factors so that when I perform yoga or when our other teams um, our other teams go to other contractors for yoga. Um, we can have a better, uh, understanding of what, what we're allowed to ask for, right? It's, um, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's super modifiable. You can progress and you can regress at literally every level. Yoga is for everybody. Um, so it's just about understanding what you're trying to get out of it and, and asking for that.
0: And what what are then the common themes that link those different movements together? Because obviously you've mentioned loads of different stuff and you can do it with weights or without, and like, obviously yoga isn't strength training. So what are the things that make yoga yoga and what are the common themes within that?
1: Yeah, I think if I, like, I could break it down into, um, into common themes or like pillars of it um there's the asana so that's like the actual movement that's the postures that's the movement through the postures like when you hear the word vinyasa it's like the movement through the asanas um the next one would be breathing the pranayama is like the breath practice it's called like life force um the breath practice and the marriage between the movement and the breath practice is probably what actually makes it yoga Um, then other threads that, you know, you could, that you could keep breaking down to would be mindfulness or meditation would be, um, relaxation response. Um, I would say those are probably the biggest ones that make it yoga, but there also is yoga is like an ancient practice as well. So there is some hesitation in like the really traditional yoga sense that they don't, really want to see it broken down into these categories but um in terms of trying to make it the most potent for athletes and for you know a bang to buck ratio and always on a time constraint um i would say those are the the biggest things to look for
0: and when when you are going to relate that to, to athletes what what are the most important factors then which you include
1: yeah, absolutely. I would yeah, the big three that I probably just mentioned, the asanas. So making sure that the movement matches uh what goals you have for the training. Um, the breath practice, especially too, again, you can operate or downregulate a lot in your body based on the breath. So making sure that the breath practice matches the goals that you have for the session. And then the mindfulness always has to be there, right? Just that marriage between the breath and the body, and then you know, mind, body, spirit is also um, an entity that is, is, is often looked at in yoga. And so, uh, you have to definitely have that, that portion as well.
0: And in terms of then things like, uh, recovery, you mentioned, so what, what is, what is yoga good for in terms of recovery? Because there's loads of different things you can do for recovery. You could, I don't know, go for a a swim, a bike ride, uh, eat, sleep, but yoga is one of the many options. Uh, what can yoga then do for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I would argue that yoga is a great form of recovery modality because it, it does target more than just a physiological response, right? It it targets the mind, body and the spirit. And so there's going to be physiological benefits are going to be psychological benefits as well. So when you're looking at the myriad of physiological benefits, you know, so many in terms of obviously just working through movement, so flexibility and mobility, but um, in terms of Biomarkers of stress, you'll see decreases in cortisol, in IL 6, in uh, decreases in heart rate variability, decreased blood pressure, decreased heart rate. So, all those metrics that are going to show you that you are recovering from stress a little bit better. You're increasing your parasympathetic response, you're decreasing your sympathetic response physically from recovery. Um, but stress is not just physical stress, it is also psychological. And in my population of student athletes, they are just under. A great deal of stress in terms of their performance, but also, you know, social anxiety, their schoolwork, um, just everything that they feel is not always in their control um, can contribute to stress. So, you know, like travel schedules, erratic sleep schedules outside of their control. So all these things adding to accumulative stress. So we need to target um, ways to recover psychologically as well. And so the mindfulness and the time that yoga gives them away from that stress is going to help. Um, increase their mood states, decrease anxiety. Um, There's also research around decreased other mental health issues, depression, things like that. So um, while there are so many different modalities for recovery, um, I do believe and I'm really passionate about bringing yoga to my athletes because I think we can't overlook like the mental health components um, in the world today. And so making sure that I'm trying to give um, that balance and, and target both their physiological and their psychological recovery.
0: So if we, if we dig into those a little bit, like the, the, let's hit physiological first. Cause I think that's probably where most people go to with that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. What, why then yoga as a recovery, um, for, for example, mobility is, is that, is that the only option? Um, why is it a particularly good option? What, why should people be choosing that?
1: There is so many, there are so many options, like you said. Um, it's not the only good option. It's just when I've, been, when I look at like cost to affect effectiveness ratio, um, you know, there's so much technology that's going around recovery. You know, we have our athletes that you can, you know, have compression, can have cold tuck, can have cryotherapy. Like it's, there are so many options and athletes can definitely pick what choose choose what's best for them but um in terms of team training which is what my scope is you know if i'm trying to recover you know 30 athletes at the same time um i can get a 30 minute yoga session in and i can hit everybody at the same time the cost is super low there's not a high barrier to entry you know all you need is like a little bit of a space sometimes we use yoga mats sometimes we use towels from the hotel if we're traveling sometimes we are just on the carpet so um i think just in terms of how of the of of cost effectiveness and in terms of time effectiveness especially um in ncaa you're going to have a shorter amount of time you know everything's regulated um with your athletes so that that's just i think it's one good option it's definitely not the only option if you're only if you're only looking for physiological recovery but like i said um you know if i only have 30 minutes i'm going to try to target as much as i can and give them you know the biggest bang for their buck and so that it's just a tool that i think is is great for that
0: And in terms of the psychological side, then, what what do you think is the the big benefits there?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, there is so many in terms of just decreases in stress response. And so moving your body from that stress response to the relaxation response um, Mm. just helps decrease anxiety, anxiety. the breathwork there I think is what's really important. And we teach it as it's called like a pocket, pocket practice. So um, I'm teaching them that tool. They can put it in their back pocket and then they can take it wherever they go. So um, when we're looking at, for example, like pre-performance anxiety, that can happen at the court for sure. But that can also happen in the classroom before they're gonna take an exam, before they're gonna give a public speech. Um, so working on tools that they can take, learn and take with them. Um, is one of the great uh, great benefits as well um, so just like learning how to regulate the breath when you you when you control your breath the physiological responses follow that so controlling your breath decreasing your breathing rate is going to decrease your heart rate it's going to decrease your psychological arousal and reduce your physiological arousal it's going to help you make better decisions and be calmer to make those decisions so it's really it's it's almost hard to separate physiological and psychological because they're all they're really so related. Um, but I would say yeah, cognitively and psychologically, the benefit of learning that breath work, learning how to control and relax and reset and, and that mindfulness and that centering um, has immediate effects like a dose response right after that, that session, but also is going to have chronic um, response and also uh, allows them to learn that practice and can continue to use it whenever they need to.
0: Absolutely excellent so when when you are going to apply this how do you do that in that team setting so let's say you've got I don't know, let's say 20 athletes around you can you take us through like a, a session in terms of potentially different movements you might use uh, how long or what kind of repetitions you're, you're going to use uh, there and what kind of benefits you might expect from that?
1: Yeah absolutely so um, like I mentioned before in NCAA everything is very regulated in terms of how much time I'm allowed with the athletes and so really trying to make sure that what i'm giving them is like super potent and boiled down to the most effective um so again it depends on what the goal of the session is um i do yoga as like a wake up morning flow with a lot of my teams right before they go to warm up or on game day at the beginning of the morning to just you know center and remind us where we're at and where we need to go Um, but I would say most commonly I use it at the very end of a training session or a conditioning session as, as this uh, gateway into the recovery zone. So gathering up all the athletes around me, they just have to have a little space. Usually um, we'll start on the ground at that point. Um, They're laying down on their backs. We're focusing on our diaphragmatic breathing, right? So whatever in, if the goal of the session is recovery and decrease heart rate and decrease arousal, Uh, You're going to want a decrease. You're going to want to increase your exhale. So you want a longer exhale than your inhale. So we'll start like some counted breaths, like four seconds in, six seconds out, Um, something like that, where the athletes are. Being mindful of controlling the breath and controlling the arousal around that. So starting with that deep, deep belly breath. Um working through a couple hip mobility, you know, like prone, um, sorry, supine hip mobility. So, you know, pulling the knee to the chest, thoracic, um, thoracic rotation, getting that on both sides, um moving up around to quadruped position, hitting some cat cows, hitting some um thoracic extension there, downward dog, calf stretch. Um, then we'll move through a couple um lunge positions or a couple um half pigeon positions. So focusing mostly on hip, hip mobility, um, hamstring, um, and glute flexibility around that, um, and then always ending again on the back in in shavasana, right? So that extended rest period, again to refocus, to recenter on the breath, coaching coaching them on their mindfulness, coaching them on like body scan, releasing tension into the ground. Um, at the end of that small session, you know, 15, 20 minutes, the athlete should feel very relaxed. You know, the goal of that session would be to release tension, to use your breath, to lengthen and soften all of your muscles into the stretches. So you can increase the stretch, but also just to decrease the arousal. So that all those things are cueing the body to move from the stress response to the relaxation response, to tell the, to the, to tell the Sympathetic nervous system its time to downregulate. to tell the sympathetic nervous system, sorry, parasympathetic, it's time to upregulate. So at the end of that session, the athlete should feel calmer. Their heart rate should have decreased a bunch. Their breathing rate should have decreased a bunch. Um, they should just feel calmer and steadier and ready to go to whatever their next activity for that day is.
0: Fantastic. And in terms of then uh, how long you would hold those poses for, what, what are, you, are you talking about maybe – for repetitions up and down slowly is it 30 seconds what are you looking at there
1: yeah that's a good question um very it's variable but depending on how much time i have and what again the targets of the session are um for my i do a lot of yoga with my javelin coat um athletes and so they have different you know flexibility and mobility needs around their sport than my soccer players so i do try to target it to the sport and you know what this the common movements and the common tightness and injury and, and, um, of the, of that sport is, um, in terms of repetitions, it's. The static stretches that we're holding are not very long. Usually I would, I time it as like five, the belly breaths in each, in each pose. Um, but everything in this type of, of, as, as it is meant to be recovery is going to be a little bit longer and a little bit slower than in the morning when we're doing, you know, kind of that activation um, and increasing, trying to increase blood flow. um, Those things are moving a little bit faster.
0: Awesome. And what, what do you think then that other sports can learn from this? So let's say there's the sports who aren't using this at the moment. Um, What do you think the key thing is that other coaches or athletes can take away from, from listening to this and think, oh, you know what, Maybe I could apply that in this way to benefit my performance.
1: Yeah, I think that there may be like a stigma around yoga in terms of just preconceived notions around it. Like, oh, it's boring. It's really slow. I'm not flexible. So I'm not going to be good at it. Oh, it hurt. Like, it hurts. But if I can just get people to like realize or understand that it's so adaptable, it's really for everybody. You can always ask for a modification you could always you be your own guide in it like as when I'm when I'm giving a yoga practice I'm not really trying to be the coach I'm not trying to make everyone do the exact same thing I'm trying to ask them to explore their body in the ways that I'm asking I'm asked just trying to guide them into what feels good and what feels right for them and what's going to serve them so I would just argue that it's so adaptable and if you think for whatever reason it's not for you I would just Urge you to open your mind a little bit and just try to find the version that's right for you. Um, and that might take a little bit more exploring. It might take more conversations with, you know, different yoga teachers or different coaches. But um, I think there is a version that is beneficial for everybody. It's just, I think the barrier to entry is pretty low. And I think as yoga becomes more popular in the Western culture, um, obviously, like most fitness, you know, most gyms, most fitness studios offer it. Um, It's becoming more popular with a lot of celebrity athletes. And so that can, you know, increase interest as well, but um, it's, it's not as like stiff and rigid as like it used to be, right. Um, As a traditional, you know, traditional medicine, a traditional practice, um, there have been a lot of strictness around it in the past, but it's really opened up. It's really for everybody that that's why, um, you know, it was created. There's a lot of people that are really trying to get more bodies and more diversity into yoga. And so um, I think if you can open your mind to it, then you might, you can probably experience a lot of these great benefits.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. So Paige, massive. Thank you. Uh, Where can people find a little bit more about you and what you're up to?
1: Um, Probably my Twitter. um, It's at coach page show S C H O. Um, that's where I'm most active in terms of my athletic performance endeavors.
0: Brilliant. So Paige, massive thanks and I look forward to speaking again soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you so much.
0: And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Paige for all of our hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to pull you in the direction of the Science Sport Coach Academy. The Coach Academy is a series of courses broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to get some more great information on sports science and some great information from Paige herself, you can get yourself into the Coach Academy completely for free using the link in the show notes in just a few seconds time. Not only will you boost your knowledge, you'll also be able to download a certificate of completion to prove your online education. So click that link in just a few seconds time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it'd be fantastic if you could recommend us to a coach, a colleague, an athlete, or a friend. Me so we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me and Matt Solomon of Science support Sport and I'll speak to you next week.